He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Asif Manvi is our very special guest, and uh, he's done such fantastic work as a correspondent on uh, the multi-Emmy award-winning Daily Show with Jon Stewart. Uh, just absolutely t- terrific work. Uh, you saw him in Blue Bloods and uh, movies like Mother's Day, Biscuit, um, Million Dollar Arm. Uh, he is wonderful. Evil Season 3 is premiering. Uh, well, it has premiered. It's out. It's uh, it's getting rave reviews. And uh, everyone's got uh, to check this out. And you could uh, you could see that. Uh, you, oh, actually, you could see what I lie to you also uh, airing on the CW. He's got a lot going on always. Asif, how are you? I'm good. How are you, man? I'm doing well. And uh, you, you seem to have a lot going on. Uh, did you have a have a slowdown during COVID like everyone else, or did you just kind of keep chugging along? Well, I'll tell you, I decided to have a child during COVID. Ah. <laughs> so, so my life didn't slow down at all. Like I, I, didn't, I didn't even know there was a pandemic for about a month because I just <laughs> like we we had our son was born two days before New York went into lockdown. So wow. um, it was like it was it was it was uh, pretty crazy here in our house for uh, for the first few months of the. Of, although it was great because you know what, like when you, you have a child and then you're kind of in this bubble and you don't see any of your friends or anything or you know you just. But but the great thing was that everybody was in a bubble, <laughs> and so yeah. we didn't have any FOMO at all. Like it was like. We were just like, we actually, all of our friends were like, I'm so bored, I'm stuck at home, I have nothing to do. And we're like, we're not bored at all. We have a lot. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that that's a story to tell them one day. Is he your first? Our first kid, yeah. Yeah. Congrats. Wow. Yeah. Good for you guys. And, and and now he's starting to figure it out. Probably, you know, probably four or five years from now, you'll be able to start explaining a little of this. Uh, yeah, absolutely terrific. By the way, let's let's talk about evil getting rave reviews here. You're also uh, you're also an executive producer on this. Uh, tell us how you got involved in the project from uh, from the start. So I'm not an executive producer on Evil. I am on the other show that I that okay. I do. My but I lie to you. But on Evil, I, uh, I, I you know, Evil is a show created by Robert and Michelle King, who are the executive producers and creators. They did The Good Wife and The Good Fight. And uh, if you haven't seen it, we uh, we're on. We just launched season three on Paramount Plus, and and uh, it's basically the show. I guess the best way to say it is, it's a cross between the X Files and Ghostbusters. Um, you know, it, it's about three investigators that are sent out by the Catholic Church to investigate um, stories about demonic possessions, miracles, um, you know, paranormal activity. And this is a real thing, by the way. There are these assessors that go out, sent out by the Catholic Church to investigate these things um, and to figure out if they're true or not. And so in, in this fictional version of that on the show, our three, our three characters go out, and we're all, you know, Mike Coulter of Luke Cage fame, he plays David Acosta, and he plays a, a priest who believes. You've got Katja Herbers, who plays Kristen Bouchard. She's a psychologist 
who's a skeptic, but she's, you know, she starts to ascribe psychological motives to things. And then you've got me who play, I play a character named Ben Shakir, who's an atheist. And he's a scientist and a carpenter and kind of a bit of a MacGyver character. Like, he can sort of do it all. And he is to, he's there to debunk this. He's there to, like, basically figure out why, you know, what you think might be a ghost is actually your air conditioning unit, you know? Yeah. Um, and so we all come at it from different perspectives. But it's kind of a, you know, it, it's scary because we, we certainly have our... Are full a fill of demons and stuff like that, but um, it's also really funny and weird and absurd. I'll tell you, in season two, my character was visited by a demon, and before she bit him, her name was Abby, first of all, and before she bit him, she had to take out her retainer. Um, uh, and so that tells you everything about the show right there, yeah. you know? Yeah, well, I tell you what, it's, it's interesting just from the description you give there, and people are constantly looking for... Uh, all, all types of programming, and it's, it's interesting. It's creative. It's it's uh, funny. It sounds like it's smart funny as well. Yeah, and it makes and it makes you think. You know, I mean, I mean, not not in a boring way, but like in a, in, a, in an entertaining way. It sort of makes you ask these questions between science and faith. You know, like like what is uh, can can things that you don't understand can they be explained scientifically, or are there sometimes other things in the world that we just can't explain and we just don't know what to make of it? You know, and it's and that's and really kind of an interesting tension there between those two things. I, I love it, and I love the fact. I know you work from the Daily Show and and so many other things. Uh, you're a smart guy, and and you're a thoughtful guy. So uh, I I love the fact that you're involved with a show that kind of makes you think as well. Would I lie to you? And that's where you're the executive producer. My my mistake. Yeah. Uh, there, but uh, would I lie to you? Doesn't make you think at all. It's basically, <laughs> <laughs> it's basically it's just if you like joy. What I like is the other end of the spectrum. I mean, it, it, it's fun that I get to do both these things in my life because what I like to you is just like the, the premise. It's based on a, a British show that's been on for like 14 seasons. And and uh, and it's basically, and, and by the way, as an Indian person of Indian descent, I'm, I'm more than happy to steal something from the British. So um, <laughs> I, I really love the idea that we could bring this to America. And it's basically just two teams of celebrity guests and they read a card, and on the card there is a story about their life. That story is either true or it's a lie. They've never seen the card before. And they have to basically convince the other team, if it's true, that it's a lie, and vice versa. And the other team has to try to figure out whether they're lying or telling the truth. And it goes bananas. It's like, it's so funny. And we had such great guests this season. Um, you know, from Richard Kind to Brooke Shields to Pre Barara to Isaac Mitzrahi um, to, you know, Hari Kondabolu and, 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 and just a bunch of great comedians. Chris Gethard was on the show. It, 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 it was just a, um, really fun getting all these people and, 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 and people just tell stories and, and it just gets silly and, and stupid and, and you try to figure out whether they're lying or not, you know? And, and it's, it was just a lot of fun to shoot, to tape, and, and we did it, and, and it's out there, it's on the CW, it's on the CW app, and, and you'll just enjoy it. It'll, 20 minutes of, of just laughter. 
That's what it is. Listen, <laughs> congratulations for everything that's going right in your career. You've put an incredible career together, but more importantly, congratulations on the son and the family. And, Thank you. Uh, yeah, to you Thank and your you. wife. Uh, can you give us a website, a social media site, uh, and we'll be talking about these shows as we let you go. On to your next interview, but uh, give us a website or a social media site before you leave. I'm on, I'm on, you can follow me on Instagram at Asif and at, uh, on Twitter at Asif. And, uh, and you can go to Paramount Plus to watch Evil. You can go on the CW app or the CW.com or the, you can watch it every Saturday night on the CW as well. And, uh, and on, on Paramount Plus, Evil is streaming now. So it's on every Saturday night and you can watch it whenever you want. Asif, thank you very much for being here. Thank you. Asif Manvi, everyone, has been our very special guest, and you know his work. I know his work from The Daily Show. I think you do also, but not not the Trevor Noah show. I don't know if he's, he's been on that, but he used to be on with Jon Stewart all the time. He's a smart guy. You could hear it. He's, a, he's an intelligent guy, and he's thoughtful, and he was very funny with, uh, with Jon Stewart. And, uh, you know... Uh, evil, check out Evil. It sounds uh, sounds good and it it sounds smart. And he said, you don't have to think at all with the other one. Would I lie to you? <laughs> and uh, you know that's that's not his way of saying it's a dumb show. It's just his way of saying it's a it's a fun show and you don't have to uh, think too much to to enjoy it. Evil uh, premiered in uh, in early June. Uh, at least the third season did. And, you know, listen, they got three seasons and they'll probably end up getting more. And it's on Paramount Plus. You can check that all out. And uh, the CW, CW has what I lie to you. It's uh, great for uh, uh, Asif uh, that he has a couple different networks going for him. And, you know, both of these, you know, Paramount has uh, has their following and CW. I, actually, I think people just kind of go to where the shows are and don't necessarily pay too much attention but there's a, a segment of the population obviously that that uh, that will go there you know they will go to uh, CW and see what else they have and and to Paramount to see what else they have when you subscribe when you have to subscribe to something to watch it um, obviously you're gonna uh, you're gonna check out all these other shows so they pick up uh, the residual effects of everyone else there uh, Frank McKay signing off Asiv Manvi has been our very special guest and uh, terrific work over the years. Congrats to he and his wife for the son that uh, they brought into the world right as COVID was uh, was hitting. So Asiv Manvi has been our very special guest. Check out Evil and What I Lie to You and, and look for him. Talk to you soon. Uh, Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here, so much more importantly, a great filmmaker, and he is uh, an award winning uh, filmmaker to say the least. Uh, Emmy, Peabody, Edward R. Morrow Award, uh, and he's, uh, he's done some of the, the greatest documentaries. Uh, Cocaine Cowboys, if you haven't seen that, The Kings of Miami, it's just uh, absolutely, uh, absolutely terrific. The You 
uh, blew me away. To me, uh, a lot of great uh, 30 for 30s, but the U was uh, was just extraordinary. Very talented man. His latest is just out, and this is a must, everyone. God forbid the sex sandal that brought down a dynasty, and it's uh, it's upon us. It's on Hulu. It is a must-watch. Billy Corbin, how are you? Fine. Thank you, Frank, for that very kind introduction. Well, listen, well, uh, well deserved, and I, I imagine you go into each one of these films uh, with some anticipation, and uh, and and you come out uh, with with an end result. Uh, all your end results uh, seem to be terrific, but I'm sure there's there's a lot of twists and turns before you get there. Can you tell me what you anticipated uh, in making this film, God forbid, and and how it ended up ultimately? Well, as, as Miami-based filmmakers, we always sort of had these peculiar characters and stories on our radar. <laughs> there was no dearth of those down here. I always say that um, Los Angeles is where you go when you want to be somebody. New York is where you go when you are somebody. And Miami's where you go when you want to be somebody else. <laughs> uh, it's, just, it's always been and still is a sunny place for shady people. And, you know, Jerry Falwell Jr. and his wife Becky, the president and first lady of Liberty University at the time, the largest Christian university in the country. They came down to Miami and they lived their, their very best life. Um, Giancarlo Granda, this pool attendant, putting himself through school, um, through college, uh, was working at the luxurious and legendary Fontainebleau Hotel. And uh, this woman, a cougar, as he described him, was snapping photographs of him and eventually propositioned him. He was 20 years old. She was more than twice his age. Said, you want to come up to my room after the uh, after the, your shift? And he said, sure. And she says, but one thing, though, my husband likes to watch. Uh, and he, as a frisky 20-year-old, agreed uh, to, to, to this bizarre arrangement and thus began this very peculiar cuckold threesome, which less than a year later led to him being a real estate millionaire and partners with Jerry Falwell and Becky in a $4.65 million commercial property right in the heart of South Beach. And, and it sort of snowballed uh, from there. And so it's a really weird story. Only, we're even like now again having to like recount it to you. It you know it sounds bizarre, um, especially in light of the fact that this cuckold threesome and real estate partnership may have impacted the outcome of the last two presidential elections, which just is this kind of butterfly effect Amazing. story where yeah. you know it often happens in Miami. The Miami of today is the America of tomorrow. You know, a butterfly <laughs> flaps its wings down here and it and it kind of changes. You know, has this ripple effect that changes the course of of, uh, of history. You know, yeah. which is wow. what was so intriguing about this. You know, I didn't look at it like that until you said that. I mean, what an effect this whole thing has had. Now, the the thing is, look, when you know, talk about the Jerry Falwell, right? And and you talk about the holier than thou Jerry Falwell, and when the whole Baker um, uh, situation happened, and uh, and oh, yeah. uh, Tammy Faye and and Jim Baker. I shouldn't say Tammy Faye, but Jim Baker and and all of that. But the joy that was in in Jerry Falwell's eyes as that was happening, you know, as if as if this could never touch the the Falwell family, this could never come anywhere near. I mean, to me, and again, I don't, I, you know, I'm not one of those people who who find joy in other people's downfall. But I gotta believe that that a lot of people uh, applauded you for for this film and and doing it as well as you did it. I I, I gotta believe there's some satisfaction from a lot of people. Well, you know, I, I think it's it's important that first of all that this is this is not to kink shame 
the Falwells. I Definitely. Mean, come down to Miami. Live your best life. That's what we're here for. You know, have have safe sex with consenting adults. You know, more. You know, God bless. Uh, I think you're. But I think right. you hit the nail on the head. It's it's the holier than thou hypocrisy. It's it's how you know it's it's and and that's the other thing too is that this is not a documentary about Christians or Christianity. This is a documentary about people who exploit Christians and Christianity for power and profit, and and they use the pulpit. To, to do that, and and that's what that's what was happening uh, here is that you know Jerry and, and Becky held themselves up uh, uh, to be devout and and to be leaders in this community, um, and it turns out they you know they saw the Ten Commandments as a bucket list. <laughs> that's terrific. That's terrific. Uh, l- listen, let me let me tell you, nobody does this better than you, and and you're you're absolutely right. Nobody's trying to kink shame the the Falwells, but uh, but wow, if anyone if anyone had karma uh, calling anytime soon, it was it was the Falwells, right? I mean, it's and and again, I know it's about people exploiting them or whatever, but I've got to believe I, I've got to believe that uh, that if if you didn't believe in karma before, maybe you do after watching this. You know, I think you make an interesting point, Frank, because I, I looked at it, and so did Giancarlo, the, you know, the pool attendant, former yeah. pool attendant who we interviewed for the piece. You know, the, he felt really, really bad for the folks at Liberty University, um, you know, and, and, and I do as well, because, you know, they're really collateral damage in this scandal, you know, because there was a real disconnect between the Liberty community, meaning students, faculty, alumni, uh, and the leadership of the university, at least under Jerry Falwell Jr., um, and, and this disconnect led to, uh, you know, I think the diminished reputation of the institution and, and the, you know, diminished quality of their education, arguably the, the, the diminished value of their, of their diplomas. And so a lot of those people who, who may be true believers, both in, in the Gospels and in the mission of that institution, you know, they're, they're the ones who wound up with the short end of the stick here, you know? Um, and, and so I definitely have some compassionate for no the doubt. folks in, in Lynchburg who had nothing to do with this, and now all of a sudden, you know, uh, having the name of their, you know, the brand of their university somewhat dragged through the mud by Jerry Falwell Jr. and Becky. Yeah, I just uh, it, 100% uh, agree with you. You know, there are a lot of innocent uh, victims here, but it's uh, look, it, it's it's that slippery uh, slope, and and when you are uh, when you are uh, a religious figure and you are making uh, making a, a dynasty off of shaming other people, the moral majority, you know, I mean, uh, shaming other people. And and it turns around and uh, and and you're not held to that same standard. You're not holding yourself to that standard. There, there's something seriously different there. Um, let, let me. Uh, I, I don't want to tie you up too long here, but uh, the pool boy. I mean, this is John Carla. This is uh, this has got to be a, a bizarre, um, surreal experience for him now that the film is out. And uh, it, to me, it comes across heroic. I mean, this is you know, th- this is a th- this is a great story uh, needed to be told. And uh, and and quite frankly, um, you, you know, how does he feel? I mean, how does John Carlo feel about the whole um, aftermath? Well, he didn't really want to come out and talk about this very personal and private you oh, know, right. parts of his parts of his life. Um, and by the way, everybody sees it differently. You know, I, I was talking to someone uh, just earlier this morning who, uh, who, who didn't necessarily find him uh, likable or credible or whatever. I can say that we vetted him uh, and, and, and insisted upon corroboration for every part of the story. Uh, you know that he told us that is in this that is in this documentary with copious amounts of text messages and, and 
emails and photos and, and even some, some video that we reveal excerpts of in the, at the end of the, of the documentary to make, to, to, to make the case that he was trying to make uh, to us. But I think this was a very traumatizing a part of his life for him. You know, he, he felt his, his sister likened him to Monica Lewinsky. You know, yeah. you don't want to be the least powerful person in a scandal like this, you know, um, because you're going to get crushed. And, and the Falwells really did play the Clinton playbook against him. You know, branding him a fatal attraction. He was obsessed. He was trying to extort them. Um, you know, he, yes, he was a consenting adult uh, like Monica Lewinsky was, but they just, you know, did not have the power to to ensure that their reputation would not be dragged through the mud. And and like Monica Lewinsky, he is forever branded uh, by the by a, a job that he had for one year in his young adulthood. You know, he she is the intern and and he is the the pool boy. But I think you make a really interesting point. You hit the nail on the head in terms of the most kind of important thematic takeaway here, which is that, you know, we, we used to we used to lead by the golden rule, right? You know, do unto others as you had you've had them do unto you. And now we have this this generation of, of, of leadership where it is do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. And I think that's where that's where things get, get dangerous and, and dysfunctional. Uh, listen, Billy, congratulations on an amazing career. Not just not just God forbid we'll talk about it as we let you go. Uh, a quick website or social media site you want to give us? Yeah, if you go to CocaineCowboys.com, it'll redirect you to our company site and follow uh, me on social media, at Billy Corbin. That is C-O-R-B-E-N, not Corgan, the lead singer of Smashing Comics. <laughs> uh, good luck with everything. Uh, you're the best. Congratulations on this. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Frank. Billy Corbin, everyone, is an Emmy Award-winning Peabody and uh, Edward R. Murrow Award-winning uh, filmmaker again. I don't want to sound like I'm I'm uh, finding joy in the Falwell's uh, 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 comeuppance. Is that the right word? Comeuppance. Anyway, uh, but this is uh, this is something that. I, and by the way, heroic is too big a word. I should say heroic. But he's he's the whistleblower on this. Uh, he's a participant. He's the least powerful person in the scandal, as Billy Corbin uh, points out. Just like Monica Lewinsky was the least powerful person in the um, in the scandal. Um, so was uh, Giancarlo. You got to check it out. God forbid the sex scandal that brought down a dynasty. Brought to you by Billy Corbin. Again, uh, Cocaine Cowboys, the Kings of Miami, and uh, so many other uh, great subjects that he's taken on. This is a good one. God forbid the sex scandal that brought down a dynasty about the Falwell dynasty is what he's talking about. And yes, uh, we feel bad for the Liberty University people. They did not deserve this. But Jerry Falwell uh, Jr., well, guess what? Um, Frank McKay signing off. Billy Corbin has been our very special guest. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island Vibes. On 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Now here's your host, Frank McKay. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with a very talented man. And so many people know him from uh, his work as an actor and, and director and Star Trek universe uh, celebrates him uh, just uh, wonderfully like they should. Jonathan Frakes is our very special guest. I, I, I loved uh, a, a short-lived series uh, called Leverage that, uh, that he did, and, uh, and it was with Timothy Hutton. I thought that was uh, very underrated, uh, but you know, so many people know him from so, just so much great work along the way. Um, when he's Frank, not behind, Frank, 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 yes, Frank, Frank. Leverage is not short-lived. Leverage is back. 
No kidding. Leverage is, yeah, Leverage Redemption is in its second season. Oh, I, I am I, I am lost on that. That's terrific. I, I got to yeah, say, I, I loved it. I loved the, uh, you know, the first 13 episodes. I thought they cut you after that. But, oh, anyway, uh, before before I uh, introduce, officially introduce Jonathan Frakes, uh, let, let me also say that when he's not behind the camera and he's not uh, on the set, uh, he's, he's just doing incredible work for pancreatic cancer. And I have two friends that passed from pancreatic cancer, and, and I can't thank him enough for what he's doing. Also celebrating the 25th anniversary of Fox's Beyond Belief Factor of Fiction, season three of Star Trek Picard. And and again, uh, it, we urge everyone uh, to, uh, to to spend till it hurts on pancreatic cancer uh, awareness month. Um, and Jonathan Frakes, welcome. Thank you. My yeah. pleasure. Well, listen, I my apologies for that. Leverage is terrific, and uh, I didn't realize it's back. And I, yeah, leverage. We were leverage. We did five seasons of leverage, and then uh, two years ago, it was rebooted, and it shoots in uh, New Orleans. I did one of the episodes last year. The, the company is wow. back together. It's a hugely popular show with people like you. I mean, it was uh, it was a real favorite action adventure comedy. Dean Devlin's genre that he has mastered you know a smart show you know it's smart yeah, it's very a, smart yeah and, and just I, I i just loved it but i oh man i lo- i'm lost on it then i i'm behind on some things but that's something i can get i can catch up on uh real quick I, and as far as catching up i mean catch us up on your latest it seems like you're just you're, you're running around you're constantly doing something uh give us your schedule i just finished the first half of the season finale of the Star Trek Discovery, season five. Earlier, I did a crossover episode of Discover- of Star Trek Strange New Worlds in which the characters from Lower Decks, which is an adult animated version of Star Trek, crossover to the ship on Strange New Worlds. And more to the point, we did an entire 10-episode season of Picard, season three, in which the cast from Next Generation is reunited with our wonderful captain, Sir Patrick Stewart. So that's something to look forward to. Wow. Also, if you finish the reboot of the Beyond Belief, which you mentioned, which is a German show now called X Factor, The Impossible. I just finished eight episodes of that. So I'm uh, blessed to be busy, grateful to be here. And um, there you have what's going on professionally. Personally, it's uh, pancreatic cancer awareness month and i'm here to tell my story and why i'm involved my brother daniel died 25 years ago he was 41 years old he turned yellow with jaundice we took him to the hospital they opened him up they looked they closed him up and they said we're sorry there's nothing we can do he's got six months to live five months later he was dead and uh, ironically, the same week that my wonderful daughter was born. Now, that's 25 years ago, and the survival rate was 4% for pancreatic cancer, which is unspeakably low. The other side of the coin is uh, Kitty Swink and Armin Shimmerman, who is, are my team members on the Trek Against Pancreatic Cancer. Kitty Swink is an 18-year pancreatic cancer survivor, which is spectacular and i just was told on another interview that eric idol is a cancer pancreatic cancer survivor so there is hope and the and there's the survival rate now is 11 percent, which still sucks 
So I would encourage your listeners to go to pancan.org, which is a very user-friendly website. I'm here to tell you that as a Luddite. Give what you can so we can help raise money to research for early detection, which is the key to getting this uh, survival rate up and for better treatment options. The other thing I encourage your listeners to do is that when you're at your doctor's for your annual checkup, tell the doctor if you've got anybody in your family who's had pancreatic cancer, and that will help the doctor with early detection for you. There you have it. Yeah, Jonathan, it, it went from, uh, you know, 4% to, to 11%. Uh, what what does that take into account? I mean, what, uh, what, what do you think or whatever you heard that gave us that increase? Is it uh, awareness? Is it uh, people getting I think checked it's people earlier? Who, yeah, I think people are getting checked earlier, but it's uh, the early detection aspect of it is what the research money is, is for. If there's more, there's hope. But they haven't. There isn't. Doesn't seem to be an effective blood test, which I think there needs to be. There, there doesn't seem to be the screening. It's, it's so specific. That's one of the reasons that we encourage people to tell the doctors so that they could know to look specifically for something that would indicate pancreatic cancer. So it's a, it's a steep climb, but we're all. There's progress, but it's slow and it's tedious, and it's worth it. You know, you you uh, you said it correctly. Eleven and a half percent still sucks, but it's almost three times the uh, the the chance of survival than uh, than they had when you when when your brother unfortunately got it, and a, and a friend of mine, yeah. um, way back, dear friend of mine, uh, way back, and they basically told him it's a death sentence. You know, it, yeah. it, it's a death sentence. That's horrible for the families, as you can imagine. You know what it feels like. Yeah. Just unbelievable. I, I'm so glad. I'm so grateful that uh, that you are doing this. Uh, do you have a website, a social media site where people could could follow along with what you're doing with the pancreatic cancer uh, awareness? And uh, I, I thank you once again for doing that and, and your colleagues and friends. Uh, just uh, it, we, we need more people to, to talk about it. Uh, it. You hardly hear anybody talking about pancreatic cancer. I know. I remember when Alex Trebek talked about it when he was hosting jeopardy and it really helped the awareness and we've lost you know a lot of people in this business aretha franklin and michael landon and wonderful patrick swayze there are a lot of people who have died from this disease and their families are all involved in this pancan.org so i, I appreciate you helping us to raise the awareness uh, just uh, just a, a a great job uh on on all of that most important that you that you're doing there uh, as far as your your work uh your, your film work and your tv work it's just tremendous uh congratulations on all of that uh, do you have a website for for that do you have a website or a social media site where we could follow along with what's going on in your career there's a lot to uh, a lot to follow there a lot going on always with you jonathan i i don't have a website yeah well <laughs> it's not They'll find you. They'll they'll find okay. out what's going on. Yeah, IMDb, uh, IMDb is uh, is is pretty uh, is pretty good, and you could follow there. But Jonathan Frakes, uh, I want to I want to thank you very much. Congratulations on everything, and especially thank you very much for what you're doing with Pan Can Awareness Month. Uh, just absolutely terrific. Thanks for being here. My pleasure, Frank. PanCan.org. Give what you can. Thank you. Bye bye. Jonathan Frakes, everyone, uh, just wonderful. What he's doing.
I mean, what a, what a career this guy has had. You know, usually somebody's uh, somebody's got a, a tremendous amount of directing work, and and you don't see too much of them on the acting front. Um, and it's just him. I mean, he's got he's got tons of credits as a director, producer, uh, but he's got tons of uh, of credits on uh, as an actor. And I don't even know what he's considered more of at this point, an actor or a director. But it's He's equally talented in both. Um, people from the Star Trek uh, universe um, absolutely love his work and what he's done, and people outside of it. Leverage, like I said, is a, it, it, that's a can't miss. You gotta uh, you gotta see. Uh, listen, the first thirteen episodes are tremendous with Timothy Dutton, and um, uh, it just uh, every uh, every chance you get to see that. I'm gonna see everything else that uh, that has come. Uh, you know, uh, come come across that uh, Jonathan Frakes has done. He's uh, he's terrific. He's a super talented guy. And uh, you know, I, I I know there's people out there listening who've lost friends, family members to pancreatic cancer. But it is a terrible, um, a terrible situation. And there there really should be some kind of um, uh, breakthrough. I you would hope soon. But 25 years ago, uh, when he found out his brother Daniel had it. Um, Six months to live. He lived for uh, for five months. Now nowadays, it's uh, almost three times the survival rate, but it's still at eleven and a half percent, which is just terrible. I mean, it, he he said it right. It sucks, absolutely sucks. Uh, Jonathan Frakes has been our very special guest, and and uh, Star Trek fans uh, know all of his great work that he's done over the years, and um, uh, you know, as an actor. In, in, in that universe and um, as a uh, you know as a director in it as well Jonathan Frakes has been our very special guest and you know talking about pancan pancreatic cancer awareness month and just a, a, a great uh, great job on his end very talented guy Jonathan Frakes has been our very special guest Frank McKay signing off we'll see you all next time on breaking it down he's breaking it down so you don't have to this is breaking it down with frank mckay on 1071 wlirfm hampton bays i'd like to welcome everyone to breaking it down frank mckay here so much more importantly real life nightmare with paul holes is upon us uh this sunday uh you could uh, start seeing once again uh just absolutely uh riveting Material, uh, just uh, everything he does, uh, you could watch, you could pay attention uh, it, very, very strictly and, and learn so much. Uh, from what I under, understand, the, the Malaysian Airlines uh, mystery is going to be talked about this season. And uh, just who better to talk to about that than Paul Holes? Paul, how are you? Hey, I'm, I'm doing great. How's it going? Uh, absolutely terrific. I've got to believe you're excited about the Malaysian uh, airline episode. Uh, I am. I just heard about it now, uh, and I'm excited. I haven't heard anything about this. It just disappeared, and nobody's talking about it uh, until now. You're talking about it. Absolutely. You know, this is a case, I mean, it's, it's almost anybody who travels worst nightmare. You know, you're on a plane, and then boom. But what you're just gone, yeah. and so here's so many families have been affected by this Malaysian Airlines flight that disappeared, MH370. And so what I'm doing in this episode, and and, and we're trying to figure out well where did it go, uh, and then 
there's now technologies available that might be able to help find it. Uh, but then the big question is, is that, well, what happened and then possibly who did it? And that's why I'm involved. This is why Real Life Nightmare is doing this, is that, you know, there is possibly a criminal element going on with this uh, flight. Yeah, I mean, something obviously happened. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to spoil it, but I, I just uh, just amazing. You, you're always you're the go to guy as far as I'm concerned about anything that's just completely unsolved uh you'll give it the uh, uh you'll give it the serious treatment uh going into it I, I, what's different now than when you first started and again uh, you know for the for those uh folks who don't know uh, much about you you're a uh, you're a retired cold case um investigator and you uh, spent 27 years or somewhere along those lines uh working for a sheriff's and di- uh, district attorney's office and uh you, you know, quite frankly, you've seen just about everything you could imagine. What's different from that uh, to how your thinking is now? Well, you know, of course, as when I first got involved in the career, I started out as a, a forensic scientist, literally working in a lab. But then as I went through my, you know, grew up in my career, I'm getting out in the field. I'm recognizing I had a talent on the investigative side, on the cold case side and in particular for the serial predator cases. So I really started to hone my skills and expand out of utilizing the forensic science aspect, but developing investigative expertise and behavioral expertise. And so at the end of my career, when I helped solve the Golden State Killer case out there in California, and we took Joseph D'Angelo into custody, I now had developed sort of a, a very holistic approach to working unsolved cases. And so now that I'm on the media side, now that I'm in this true crime genre, I'm going and still working these cases, but also trying to show the viewers, you know, this is how I think based on my experience and my expertise. Paul, everything I hear about the new DNA um, technology and and the new knowledge that we have on DNA uh, sounds to me, and I'm you know, from the outside, I don't, I, I don't have the uh, uh, forensic. I don't have any forensic experience. Uh, is it as um, uh, game changing as I've heard it is? Uh, how much different is the DNA technology now than when you started? Oh well, it's it's night and day different. You know, when I first started, uh, they had just started developing the FBI's DNA database. Um, and then that's only grown. The technology, the DNA technology, has gotten so much better uh, that these databases became very valuable. But the limitation of the FBI's DNA database is it requires the, you know, the offender to have his profile in the system, meaning he's already been caught, versus now with the, the, the technology that... Um, my team employed in the Golden State Killer, the, utilizing this genealogy tool, we can utilize distant relatives to identify the offender. And many of these offenders aren't in the FBI's database. So cases that have been unsolved for decades are ultimately being solved. I mean, this is it's revolutionary. The last five years, the DNA uh, technology has just become revolutionary for law enforcement. 
Yeah, just amazing. I mean, every time I hear anything about it, I, and uh, you know, also, I, you know, the the cameras now, and uh, everywhere you, you have cameras, and uh, whether yeah. they're in the lights, whether they're on people's houses, their do- doorbells. This is something I'm sure you would have appreciated years ago when you uh, when you first started out uh, in the field. Uh, how helpful is that in solving some of these? Uh, these situations that come up, I, I got to imagine that that's night and day as well. Yeah, no, you know, all the technology that is employed today from, you know, the, the surveillance cameras, whether it be residential surveillance, commercial surveillance cameras, you know, that that's absolutely huge. Um, but also there's there's other technologies out there like uh, these license plate readers, you know, as people are going through toll areas and license plates are being captured. You know, law enforcement is able to utilize that type of technology in order to track down who committed the crime. You know, this this is where, like, what what the Golden State Killer was doing, you know, back in the 70s. He didn't have to worry about surveillance cameras, home alarm systems, cell phones, etc. So he's able to go into neighborhoods and attack over and over and over again. This technology today, I believe, is saving lives because offenders aren't able to commit those types of crimes with the volume of crimes that they could do back in the 1970s. What else should we know uh, before this Sunday? Uh, and I can't, I can't wait to see it. I'm, in, I'm going to be uh, glued to the TV 9 p.m. Eastern time. Um, what should we know before this Sunday about the season coming up? And again, don't spoil, uh, but give us anything we should know. And before you leave us, make sure we get a, a website or a social media site where we could follow along with what you're doing. So, you know, with, with this upcoming season, we, we premiere with, it's actually a, a, a two-episode uh, special about the National Forest serial killer, Gary Hilton. Talk about the, you know, the horrific crimes he committed, as well as some of the unanswered questions related to, to what this offender has done and who he has killed. But then from there... We talk about different cases. I go in, and I'm up in Dane County, Wisconsin. This uh, bludgeoning death of a Catholic priest, uh, Father Alfred Coons, you know, inside his own church, and detail what happened, and start to discuss about well, what was the motive? Who possibly did it? And then even a very different type of case, the mysterious disappearance of Malaysian Airlines flight MH370. Talk about what happened where this plane just literally disappears. It vanishes out over the ocean. And then where did it go? You know, the technologies today might be available to find this plane. But then the big questions are, you know, what happened and possibly who did it? So the, the, the upcoming season is where I'm digging into a variety of different types of unsolved mysteries. Well, Paul Holes, congratulations on, on everything pre-TV and, and post-TV, and congrats on the new uh, series. Uh, thank you very much for being here. Uh, do, you, do you have a, a website, social media site where you can give us? I, you know, I uh, pr- I have a, an Instagram uh, and and Twitter account. Uh, Twitter is at Paul Holes, and then Instagram is uh, just a little bit different at Paul Dot Holes. Paul, thank you very much for being here. All right, thank you for having me. Real life nightmare with Paul Holes is upon us, and uh, you'll start seeing it 
this Sunday. And don't worry if you miss it this Sunday because everything streams, as we know. And, yeah, I mean, listen, this is a true crime at its best, a real-life nightmare with Paul Holes. Uh, the Malaysian Airlines is going to be riveting. Uh, I, I haven't thought about that in the longest time, but, right, it just disappeared. You know, I assume it's... Uh, it, it it crashed and we just heard nothing uh, from the the local governments or whatever the local government would have been um, around where it crashed and uh, that's just a terrible situation I mean just a whole plane with people in it just uh, just disappeared um, oh anyway it's uh, let's let's see how how uh, holes handles it and uh, it's uh, again he's uh, very good at what he does real-life nightmare with Paul Holes. Uh, 27 years, he was a, uh, a cold case investigator, and you know he did a tremendous job, of course, on the Golden Gate uh, serial killer. I, I was going to ask him about uh, Gilgo, but I figured, let me not ask him about Gilgo. I have a feeling good things are coming. Um, when I say good things, I mean uh, the, uh, the good guys will prevail. Um, finally, in, in that particular case. But here's a guy, Paul Holes, with a tremendous amount of uh, experience, and he, uh, he puts it on screen. Uh, Real-life nightmare with Paul Holes is upon us, and Frank McKay uh, signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. In many ways, Long Island is the story of America. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island is definitely the place for you. Now, here's your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.